Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today's topic, owning versus lending. Thanks, Michael. So, Dallas, since the dawn of time, <laughs> companies companies have been able to, to borrow money, take that money, add value to a service or product, charge a premium to that service or product, sell that and make a profit. Yeah. And now, when I said the dawn of time... <laughs> We'll go back to at least 1602. So the first publicly listed company ever known uh, worldwide was the Dutch East India Company. Probably a good one to to use as an example. Um, they they at the at the time of their incorporation, um, they borrowed some money, mm-hmm. and from the people that they borrowed money for, they struck an agreed interest rate. Yep. Uh, they paid that rate of interest, and then they paid them back their principal. Yep. So. They were the lenders, yep. and um, and additionally, they they issued some shares. So uh, other people chose to actually Buy invest it. into that company yep. and be a part owner of that company. Mm-hmm. Now, um, n- now they or those second group of people, the owners of the Dutch East the Dutch East India Company, mm-hmm. uh, were able to benefit in the profits yes. of that company. Now. Um, um, of course, there are risks involved there mm. because if the Dutch East, East India Company fell over, then um, then obviously the, the lenders the, get paid back. The lenders first. get paid back first. Yeah. Now they may not have, they may not get all of their money back. Yeah. Uh, the owners are the last to yeah. receive that money yeah. back. So there is risk. Yeah. Now that risk can be uh, minimised, of course. And when I said since the dawn of time, we're going back to 1602. <laughs> I'm sure there was a blacksmith somewhere before that that yeah. borrowed a sum of money from somewhere in the yeah. village, and um, and 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 added a value to something, mm. um, charged a premium for that, and, uh, and 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 were able to make a profit. So companies have always been able to borrow money throughout throughout history, and they've needed to be able to borrow money yeah. uh, in order order to actually get up and running. Um, of course, they also, generally speaking, when they when when a company grows, they'll issue shares to to new shareholders mm-hmm. to also get some money into that company and, and 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 grow the value of that company or to grow that company to give them the capital, the working capital. So there's two ways that you can actually do this, and you can be an owner or a lender. And I think you've. Uh Jeez, you've, you've hit the ground running 90 seconds in and you've... I haven't shut we, up. We've gone from the dawn of time <laughs> to our modern capitalist system. I, I love it. It's I love when you start a podcast with something like <laughs> since the dawn of time because they go, here we go. This will yeah. be good. This yeah. is like uh, uh, Ali, who's uh, our offsider here at Money Over 50, often gives me a hard time because when we're having a coffee, if I go to say something and it's just an opinion that I've got, I'll often say, I've got a theory. 
He goes, you, you don't have a theory. This isn't, you're not some scientist. You've just got some harebrained idea. So I love the way if you start with, since the dawn of time, it implies, wow, this is, this is amazing. I but, may have embellished it a little bit. But, but like I said, there are, there are records going, going back as far as 1602. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there was a blacksmith or two before that or a farmer here or there that borrowed money. Absolutely. Um, to be able to have enough working capital to add value to something, yep. sell it for a profit, yep. and, and therefore make a profit and pay back the the, 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 the lender. I think the, the the point that you make, and I'm, I've taken your taken your title or your theory here, and, and I've it's made me think kind of in a different way, but it's very similar. Is that it's easy to lose sight of the fact that this is what this is the choice that we have. So if, if you go to work and you earn some money and you've got some money sitting in your bank account, you have a choice. And it's NAB as the example here. You've gone back to the dawn of time and used the Dutch East India Company. So I'm going to make it a modern day fable. So you've saved $10,000 in your bank account. Now, you have a choice. You can either lend that money to NAB by sitting it in your bank account. And that's, this is, I guess, the point when we're talking about owning versus lending. We're, it doesn't even feel like that's what we're actually doing, but that's what's going on right now. If I've got $10,000 in my NAB bank account, NAB is paying me, admittedly, a very, very small interest rate at the moment, but they are paying me a small interest rate. They're taking that money. They're on-lending that to other people. That's, that's essentially what's happening there is I'm lending that money to NAB. NAB's lending that money onto other business owners or someone who wants to buy a property or someone who wants to use that money in, in some productive capacity. So that's, that's, I guess, the first part of it is that if you have money, if you have money in a bank account, you are choosing to be a lender. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it because it's not the same as, you know, someone coming to you and you're saying, I'll lend you this money at a 5% interest rate and you pay me back over this many years. But that's, that's what goes on every time you have money in a bank account or in a term deposit or something like that is that you're choosing to be added to that enterprise. Now, alternatively, you could take that $10,000 and you could go and buy shares in in the company NAB. So, and again, as I say, every time I talk about an, an individual company, I'm not saying that's what you should do. But you can, even that when you buy shares in NAB, you are choosing to be an owner of that business or of that company. And it, again, it doesn't feel like it because it's sort of just a bit of a paper transaction and you don't, you know, it doesn't feel like being the owner of a business in the same way that if you run a corner store and you own that business, it, you know, you yeah. can, you, you feel, um, you can see how that business is transacting and making money day to day. But if you've chosen to buy shares in that company, you, you are a part owner of that company. So that's, that's, I guess, in our modern day terms, the same choice. You can either leave that money in your bank account or, or put it in a deposit and lend that money to NAB or you can take that money, you can buy shares in NAB. And this is, I think, the, the point that you're making, is that if I lend that money to, to NAB or, you know, or the equivalent or do something like that, I get a rate of interest. I, I get a, and, and again, at the moment, it's very low, but I get that guaranteed um, return. Yep. And, and obviously, the more guaranteed that return is, the lower the rate is. So mm-hmm. NAB's going to pay me. 0.1% interest on that money that's sitting in a bank account that I can access at any time. Whereas if my mate wants to go and start some new business and wants to borrow money off me to do that and he's got no collateral, he's going to need to put up, he's going to need to pay a lot more in interest. But I've, I've, I've capped 
the amount of return that I can get on that. I can never get more than, than the agreed upon rate of interest. Yeah. NAB don't turn around in 10 years' time and say, hey, thanks so much for letting us borrow that $10,000 and on lending that. Here's all the great companies that were started with that money. You, you, you actually, we've, we've kept some of those, those companies. You now own them. That's not how it works. You, right. You've made a bargain. You get, that, you get that return. You get that. It's a very low return. That's what you get, and that's all you get. Whereas if I choose to be an owner, so rather than being a lender and saying, well, I'll, I'll take my half percent interest or point one percent interest, I'll, I'll choose to be an owner in these, in these companies, you are choosing to take on more, more risk and you are choosing to take on more volatility. Um, yeah, as you say, if, if, that, if that NAB goes bankrupt, I'm going to lose my money before the, the depositors in, in NAB. They're going to get their money back before me. But if in 10 years' time, NAB has um, you know, become a more profitable business that's grown over time, they've made more and more uh, loans, they've opened new branches, they've acquired different um, uh, other businesses, they've moved into different areas of finance, they've done all these things, I get to share in that, in that growth in value. I get to share in that growth in profit over that next 10 years compared to just lending them that money and, and capping what my upside is. Absolutely, Dallas. And, 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 and since the dawn of time, <laughs> companies have been able to afford to pay that rate of interest. That, that's, so, a, that's a good point. And I, I, just, yeah, I think that's the point that I, I've sort of skipped over there is that what you're talking about is that NAB, NAB aren't going to take that money off me and pay me more in interest than than what they can use that money with. Than what they can use that money for, value-add. And, and when, I, when we talk about value-add, it's probably pretty simple with the bank. They're, mm. they're taking money from lenders yeah. and they're on-selling it. They're mm. packaging that up as a home loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're packaging that up as a business loan. They're on-selling that to other people. They're an intermediary. Yeah. Um, they take deposits from, some, from one person. They on-sell it as a home loan to a second uh, person and they charge a premium to yeah. do that yeah. so they pay half a percent rate of interest for example and they and they on lend that at three percent mm-hmm. rate of interest and then they they derive yeah. you know two and a half percent uh towards their revenue towards the the to meeting the cost of running the business they've always been able to afford to do that yep th- since the dawn of time yes so and collectively and and the point there is that if that business can't afford to do that, broke. they will go broke. And there's been countless yep. stories of, of companies go broke and, and, and that brings up risk. Risk can be minimised. Yep. And if we arrive at, just for example, the largest 1,500 companies in the world now and we say, okay, for these 1,500 largest companies in the world to get there, um, yeah, plenty of companies have gone broke along the way and then there's been some that have grown at, at, at extraordinary rates of, of profit and there's been others that have, that have um, grown at lower rates of profit and some that have gone broke and then the vast you know, majority of them have, 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 have grown at about the expected profit. Mm-hmm. That group of companies has always been able to afford to pay the rate of interest. What I'm getting at there is that the profits of those companies are growing at a much faster rate than the, than the interest that they're paying to the lenders. Yes. So people have lent them money, and, and, and you may say, I'm not lending money to those companies. You are. You are. <laughs> if you've got money in yeah. an NAB account or a CBA account, yeah. you know, part of that money actually yeah. goes towards lending yeah. 
to companies. Yes. Um, companies have always been able to afford to pay the rate of interest collectively. Mm. We're not talking about individual companies here. We're talking collectively. Yeah. Um, those 1,500 companies, prime place to start as an example. What they've also been able to do is afford to pay the rents yes. of, of, of the buildings that they operate out of. Some of them own some of their buildings. A lot of them decided a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, like Woolworths, for example, hey, we're way better off actually selling the buildings that we own mm-hmm. and the supermarkets that we own, the physical property, yep. and, putting, and, and just paying rent, rent yep. uh, and actually putting that money to a better use. So, so, so companies' profits... In terms of of um, looking at that, I would much prefer to be an owner than a lender. Yeah. Because collectively speaking, my I, I know that if if history repeats, mm-hmm. um, yeah, in the future, what will happen is the profit of those fifteen hundred companies, the largest fifteen hundred companies in the world, of which I'm certainly uh, invested across the profits of those companies will grow at a much faster rate than the rate of interest that they have to pay yeah. on any money that they borrow. Yeah. It has to be that way. Yes. It cannot be any other way. No, that's, that's Will there be volatility? Will there, will there be times when um, the million dollars that I have spread across those companies uh, have dropped to $700,000 on paper or $630,000 on paper or $600,000 on paper? Mm-hmm. Whereas if I lent the money to them, yeah, you know, let's 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 assume that million dollars hasn't dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm a lender, because they owe me a million dollars, that doesn't fluctuate. Yes, they pay me a rate of interest. Um, that's usually sort of set in stone. If I'm an owner, yes, there is that volatility there. However, what I know, if history repeats itself, um, I'm going to be far better off having that some money tied up being an owner of those companies as opposed to being a lender to those companies. Yeah. And that's a, uh, just thinking as you, as you're talking about that, the answer here, <coughs> the answer of, do I want to be an owner or a lender? The actual, the answer will be different for different, um, buckets of money. And, and what I mean by that is, so for me, I'm 31, the money that I've got in my superannuation account, I can't touch it until I'm 60. So that, that has to be, it has to stay there for, for 30 years. With the money that I've got in super, do I want to be an owner or a lender? I think it's very clear. I, I want to be an owner. It, it makes no sense to be a lender when I have 30 years of, of potential growth. So, again, I can either lend that money to Woolworths via leaving it at a bank account or in term deposit or whatever. I can either lend it to Woolworths and they will pay me a guaranteed very low rate of return. Or I can use that money to have it invested in Woolworths. And as Woolworths gets bigger, opens new stores, you know, acquires other businesses, um, you know, grows their profits over time, I get to take part of that growth for the next 30 years. So um, that, that, that is a, a really good point because what you were saying there is that, is that you, have no, you have no idea and you would, and you would have no idea of knowing where, how that's going to pan out over five years. No. If the profits of Woolworths grow at a faster rate than the interest that they pay on their loans, yep. over five years you have no idea. Yep. Over 30 years yep. you're very, very confident that the profits yes. of Woolworths yep. have grown and, and at just, a far higher rate than the interest yep. that they've paid on their loans. Has and grown just, over and just to clarify there, I actually don't know where the Woolworths profit will, will grow over 30 years. What I do know is that if I spread my money out across 
the you know biggest 200 companies in Australia, one of which is Woolworths, the majority of those of those companies or the average of that will be growth. It, it won't. It's not yeah. to say that I know that Woolworths or NAB or uh, whichever company, I don't know what they're going to do in mm. 30 years, but I know that on average those companies, those productive enterprises are going to be more valuable than they are now. Yeah. Um, and where I was talking about the, the different buckets of money is that the money that I've got in my in my NAB bank account that when I buy groceries on the way home, that that money I do want it just sitting in the bank. I want to be a lender for that money. I don't want to. I can't go to the shops this afternoon and pay for my groceries with my NAB shares. That no. doesn't that doesn't work. I have to use the money. I have to use the money that I've lent to NAB that's sitting in my transaction account. I have to use that to pay for groceries. Yep. I think where people get confused here is that you really. Definitely, the money that you're using, um, it, it can't be invested. You can't, can't use your 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 shares in these great companies to buy groceries this afternoon. Mm. But generally, what you what you need, the money that you need to be uh, using to be an owner, is a far far higher percentage of your of your net worth than the money that you want to to use as a lender. So, what I mean by that is. If you're retiring and you've got one and a half million dollars in your pension account, in your super income stream, most people's uh, instinct is to go, I don't want that money to fluctuate. I've got one and a half dollars there. I'll, I'll lend that. I'll lend the whole lot out. And so I'll get a guaranteed half percent return on that. But I don't have to worry about that balance going up and going down. Now, I don't need all of that $1.5 million next week. I just need, you know, I need $1,000 or I need $1,200 or whatever to live mm-hmm. for that next week. So... What we're really looking at here is when you're looking at how what you do with your money, your money that you, you, know, you earn money, you spend some of it, you've got some left over, that's really the decision of with this amount of money that I have here, with this bucket of money, do I want to be an owner or a lender knowing that on average the, the owner will, uh, will have higher growth over the long term than the lender? Um, and so if I have money that I want to grow over the long term, I really need to be an owner in those businesses rather than lending to those businesses. And I think that decision is, is easier than it's ever been yeah. right now. So we're yeah. recording this in late January 2021. So um, at, the t- at this present point in time, interest rates are certainly under half a percent. I yeah. saw the million-dollar NAB term deposit wholesale rate the other day. Uh, for 12 months, it was 0.4%. Yeah. That, that came through as the wholesale term deposit rate yeah. uh, for a million-dollar sum to lock away for for 12 months. So so let's just call it 1% and under uh, <laughs> yeah. that you're going to get from being a lender at this point in time. And there's other ways to lend, of course. be a bondholder yeah. for for um, yeah. for governments and companies and so forth. But but the, we're talking about the accepted no-risk Yep. low risk um, way of, of being a lender yep. uh, that rate at the moment is under 1% so mm-hmm. the decision I think is easier for people um, yep. going back to the global financial crisis our, um, being a lender could yield you 5 6% at a point in time 5% 6% yep. interest rates at that point in time yep. um, was an easier decision for people to just have that money sat in a term deposit yeah either inside or outside of their superannuation fund. They're picking up somewhere between 5 and 6% rate of return. Um, right now, uh, we're talking under 1%, and that's just not going to get it done for 99.9% of retirees. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just, they're just going to plough through their money 
far too quickly that we used the example in a previous podcast two million dollars of retirement savings half percent rate of interest um yeah your two million dollars is 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 only working uh casually for you (laughs) there's nothing wrong with working at mcdonald's working casually for you at mcdonald's at two million dollars it's earning you ten thousand dollars of interest yeah uh over the next 12 months when you're likely to spend as a retiree somewhere in the vicinity of Mm $80,000 of that that money. It's making you 10, you're spending 80, you're on the back foot straight away. And that's, I guess, the point is, (laughs) the first part is to think of it as, think of it as what it really is. So don't think, should I have that money in a bank account or should I, you know, buy shares with that money? Really make it tangible as, do I want to lend this money to businesses or do I want to own businesses because yeah. that that is your only two options and then the second part of it is it's not just what do i want to do it's what do i actually need to do mm. yeah, even, even if i want to be a lender you know for most people you cannot afford to do that and we've done recent podcasts about it as you just touched on there is that it's sort of a rhetorical question because if i said to a, a person coming to, to see me with you know one and a half million dollars in in super who wanted to retire and draw you know eighty thousand dollars a year out of there if I said to them, do you want to be an owner or a lender? And they said a lender, I'd go, trick question. You can't be a lender anyway. Yeah, you have yeah, to be an owner. So. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, that's a really good point to make. Uh, um, everyone conceptually wants zero risk and yeah. zero fluctuation of return, yeah. but the ability to take yeah. $80,000 a year yeah. without running out of money. They don't want to run out of money. They don't want any volatility. Yeah. That doesn't exist, yeah. and it certainly doesn't exist right now. Um, I liked your point there before. It's, it's not just what you want it's what you need to do, um, and for for yeah for ninety nine point nine percent of of people that are either retired now or, or looking to retire, um, what they need to, what they need to accept mm-hmm. if they're going to draw the average rate of income that we see, which is about eighty thousand dollars a year in retirement, and they're gonna uh, and costs go up of course over time, and and one of that member of the couple is going to live for at least twenty five if not thirty years of retirement. Mm-hmm. What they need to to be is they need to have a very, very high proportion of their retirement savings being an owner as opposed to being a lender. Yeah. I think that's a uh, a great place to wrap up. We've we've gone from the dawn of time to to retiring in 2021 with 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 a superannuation balance. So we've really taken a... uh, a real journey throughout history. A good here, one. A good, <laughs> and a, and a, yeah, we have. And, a, and, a, and a, just a quick reference to the shocking risk of turn deposits. It's, yeah. it's another good one that, that ties in well with this podcast. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.